We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon, Chris, and Rob. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast. My name is Chris, and I am here with my co-host, Brother Rob. It's a joy to be here and recording another episode with you. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you uh, again and with our listeners. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think we're going to start doing a shout out for every episode that we have. And I think there's a pretty good Christian Youth Center that we both have a connection to. But why don't you tell us about that Christian Youth Center you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, absolutely. So I get the the privilege of uh, going out there every Thursday and and volunteering at the the Way and uh, the Way is a teen center in Katy's, Kentucky, and uh, we have been blessed to to see um, hundreds of souls saved uh, at the Way over um, the years. We were uh, blessed to be a, a a part of the the early creation of the Way. I know that you were a, a big part in. Um, the the early years of it, uh, and then I I came along, kind of after you had gone on, and and I had done some stuff with the way uh, after that, and um, and so we've both done lock ins and all kinds of uh, different things with the way they come out to uh, the youth camp, but uh, but basically the the way is just a youth center. It's open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, usually from. Uh, three to five thirty, and uh, mm-hmm. kids get to come. They have a meal. Um, they hear the gospel uh, presented uh, from a local um, spiritual leader, whether that be a, a church member, or a pastor um, from many different denominations, and um, yeah. and then they get to. They've got a basketball gym. They've got a computer game room. They've got um, a game room that's got like a pool table and uh, ping pong table and, and different things like that, just to uh, a place where, where kids can come after school in a, a safe environment to hear the gospel, to experience uh, godly leadership and and just to grow um, and, and an opportunity to, to be um, to be a youth. Uh, we know the world we live in is, is a, uh, a scary place and uh, a dangerous place for yeah. Um, for our youth, especially with uh, technology that um, has just opened up our world in, in many ways. Um, and, and so this is uh, the way is a, a home for them, uh, a safe haven uh, where they're able to grow and, and know that they're loved. And so we just uh, appreciate um, everything that the, the way does. And um, we challenge you guys to, to support it. If you don't live in in Katie's, um, we would love. I would love to 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 take you around, show you the place, and talk to you about how you can get involved um, in your own local community. And so, um, it, it's not something that has to stay in Trick County. It, it can go um, right. all over the place. And so, we we challenge you to um, to to look for ways to 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 help youth um, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was a part of the way when it first began, 
And I don't know if you knew this, Brother Rob, but when it first began on Fridays, it would stay open to midnight. Oh, no, I didn't know that. And I would be there pretty much just about every Friday all the way to midnight. They quickly understood that that wasn't going to work out because there were not a lot of volunteers that wanted to stay all the way to midnight. But it was definitely fun. Um, I enjoyed being a part of that. It started up my senior year as a youth pastor that uh, I was a part of this youth group. The youth pastor was the one that really brought this forward. And, and what's beautiful about it, when he brought it forward, it wasn't just, you know, the Baptist churches of Katy's Kentucky. Now, they did a, a big portion of it. Don't get me wrong. But the vision was for all of the churches to come together, to work together, and provide a safe place for these students to gather after school and learn about God. And that vision has just taken off. We started out in a old Dollar General building and eventually moved on from that old Dollar General building into a church annex and then from the church annex into its own building that is now right across the road from the school. And it's just growing and growing and growing and so god has really blessed that so that's a good shout out to to call out for the way christian youth center in katie's kentucky and so tonight we're going to look at a question that a lot of people ask and i don't know about you rob but a lot of times when i'm witnessing to a non-christian one of the things that they bring up is evil you know, how could there be a good and loving God if there's evil? Why should I put my faith in a good and loving God if there is evil? So tonight we're just going to talk about some of those questions, but just look at evil in yeah. general. And so the first question that's really asked concerning evil and its origin is its origin. Where did evil yeah. come from? Like, I don't know about you, Rob. Do you have an answer to that? Like, where do you pinpoint yeah. evil? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Uh, I think before we answer that, I, I would just like to, to go back to the beginning. Um, Genesis chapter 1, the, the first book of the Bible, the first uh, words of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, and, and so in the beginning, God is the one that is, is creating everything. He's the one that is uh, shaping and, and forming. Uh, the, the cool thing about Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, you have uh, time. Uh, the, the three things that are needed for our universe to exist are time, space, and matter. So the beginning uh, represents time, uh, is the heaven, um, that is space. Um, and so this is heaven as far as God's dwelling place, but the the heavens, uh, the just space itself, um, and then there's matter and the earth, and so everything that's needed for our universe is created by God, uh, designed by God, and then you go on and you read about how he how he made everything, how he um, made um, the uh, the night and the day, how he separated those, how he made uh, the animals, the plants, how he separated the water from the land, how he creates us. And then at the, 
<clears throat> at the end of uh, chapter one, in verse 31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. And so when God created the earth, it was all good. There was nothing evil. There was nothing bad. It was good. Um, Not just good, but very good. Um, And so then we see just two chapters later um, that Adam and Eve have a choice. They can follow God um, and do what he's commanded them to do, um, or they can choose to listen to themselves, to be their own God, to be the one that, that makes their own rules. Um, yeah. The problem is, is that God has already told them if they go their own way, if they do their own thing, that they would die. God doesn't mm-hmm. desire for them to have death. And it could even be said that, that, well, the punishment of death is too harsh and that makes God evil. Well, that's not understanding the purpose of death. You see, when God said that that death would come after sin, it's actually a mercy because if we lived forever in sin, then we would be miserable and and have to deal with the consequences of sin forever. And so what God does is he says, you know what? If you choose to, to, to walk down that path, I'm going to end it for you so you don't have to be miserable all of your life. I mean, you'll, your life, your miserable life will come to an end. Um, and, yeah. and so it's actually a, a mercy. And so that's, that's the first thing we need to understand is that God's declaration of death was a declaration of the first mercy we see in Scripture. Uh, yeah. Shortly after that, what we see is that when, um, and now we were talking about this before the podcast, and I don't know how far we're going to go into this, but um, another it's question that, that you had, <laughs> right, I, I don't you know, one thing that you have to think about is what came first, the chicken or the egg? So was was Satan the bad guy first or was was Adam the bad guy first? And what I mean by that is Satan could have been well within his bounds as an angel going to Adam with a um, with a test to see if Adam would eat or not. Um he is bringing deception, but it's not the first time that God allows deception. Well, it's the first time, but it's not the only time that God allows deception. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this before with King Jehoshaphat. Um, God was talking to the, the council in heaven. Um, and uh, basically he's asking the question, you know, what, you know, what should we do? And there's this random angel somewhere and, uh, most people think that it's probably Satan, but anyways, he raises his hand and was like, what if we send a lion spirit to him? <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so they go and, and send a, a lying spirit. And so God uses um, a, sometimes he uses tests to see what we're going to do. Um, he already knows what we're going to do, but he likes to give us the 
the opportunity to live out our free will. Um, and so, uh, but we'll stick with, for right now anyways, we'll stick with Adam's choice to sin and, and when evil comes in for humanity. Um, so we'll kind of avoid the, the topic of Satan for right now. It might come up later or in another podcast, but right now let's focus on Adam. Um, the, the evil originates in the hearts of men when they say, when Adam and Eve say um, that they trust anything over what God has already told them. He told them you can eat from any tree, any vegetation in the garden, but if you eat of this one thing, then you'll die. Um, the sin actually originated before they took the bite. It was believing the lie. Um, and and so they sin in their heart. And then oftentimes what you probably know from experience, what I know from experience is that when sin starts in our hearts and it goes to our mind, then where does it go next? It goes to our hands. And, and of course, what happens, Adam and Eve, they eat. Um, immediately after that, they, they're exposed. Their, um, their deed is exposed. But notice what God does. He, he goes for a walk with them every day in the cool of the day just to, to spend some time with them. And he shows up anyways. Did God, does God know that they've sinned? Yeah, absolutely. But he shows up anyway. Once again, he's showing that he's a merciful God from the beginning. We think oftentimes as Christians of there's kind of two different gods of the Bible. In the Old Testament, there's this God that's full of wrath and judgment and, and all of this stuff. And in the New Testament, you have the mercy and gracious Jesus, who is the full representation of God. But there seems to be a disconnect. The disconnect is, is our understanding of of why God does the things he does in the Old Testament. He does them because he's a merciful God. Um, and so, uh, but he goes, um, he tells them what's going to happen because they sin. But then at the, the end of chapter three, he does something that, that's beautiful. Um, and I know we're talking about evil, but I would be remiss not to, to talk about this. Um, what happens is they're naked. Their nakedness doesn't offend God. God created and designed every part of their body. Um, he is not um, He's not like us in the fact that that he is tempted by attraction or, or that um, he's tempted by jealousy or, or worrying about you know about the body because he created it. Um, and so he doesn't clothe them because he needs them to be clothed. He clothes them because Adam and Eve are naked and they feel ashamed. And so, but what does he do? He, he kills, um, he kills an animal and he covers them with the skin of an animal. And of course the atonement um, of Jesus is the covering of our sin by the body and the blood of Jesus. Um, and so for right there from the beginning, when evil comes, the mercy of God is, is displayed in full effect. But what is the right. origins of evil? It's when man puts in his heart that he knows better than God knows. When, when he yeah. can decide for himself 
what is good and what is not. And, and so that is where evil originates. Um, and I, so I think that leads us to another question, and I'll ask you this. Um, so if, um, if evil is originated here in the garden, at least with mankind, um, can we attribute that to God? Um, so that, that could be a simple yes or no, but, but I want us to think about some of the implications of that too. Um, so is it, is it possible that, that God is the originator of evil? Uh, he creates all things, right? So did he create evil as well? Yeah, I think that's one of the big questions that people often allude to. Well, there's evil in the world, so God must have created it. But that's actually the furthest thing from the truth. And what we do when we look at the evil of humanity and say, because God created man and man is evil, then God is evil. We put God in this really small box and we actually give up our free will at that moment that we aren't beings with a will and desire of our own, but we are created robots that were created specifically for evil. Uh, and that's, that's the furthest thing away from the truth of scripture. Uh, because evil, we, we often think of it as like this being, but it's not. It's, it's really a relationship. It's really a lot deeper than that. And God is such a mighty and powerful God that we can't put him in this box to where he can't create a being that is separate from his own will. And yet he has all the knowledge of what they'll do because we know that he knows that we are going to do evil because Christ was crucified before the foundations of this world. But yet he's such a powerful God. He's able to, even within the foreknowledge of our sin, of our deceit, of our fallen time uh, in the garden, that he's able to create us as individual free will beings. Yeah. And it's so simple how he does that. It's with that moment you're talking about in the garden. Before that moment, they were just going with the flow. But until they were given the option, follow God or become your own gods, mm-hmm. then it didn't seem like a big deal. They almost kind of seemed like robots probably at that moment god puts animal in front of them uh, you know adam says that's a dog that's a cat uh you know and i'm still trying to figure out why god created cats i'll ask him that no <laughs> but, <laughs> but no he's not the author of evil and when we look at creation this is where we really understand why he allows evil because that's another question that kind of goes with it so did he create evil No, he created man and man chose evil. Mm -hmm. So why does he allow his creation to go into this? And you have a very good point on this that you talk about quite often, brother Rob, 
Uh, you've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but we've had many great discussions. But it's simply he has given us dominion over this world. Mm-hmm. And so God didn't create this earth for himself. Right. He he didn't create all of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the animals that crawl around on the grass for himself. He created all of this for man, put man on it, and man was created for himself. Yep. And as man had dominion of this world, man made the choice instead of having a relationship with God that they would rather become their own gods. They would rather take of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and become separate and separate from God and surely in that day die as God would say. And they did though. They didn't die a physical death that day. There was a clear separation because they had to be removed from the garden of Eden. And that was a mercy too, as you're talking about, because the conversation there was let us remove them and don't let them near the tree of life lest they should live forever in this. I'm ending this right here. And that was, that was a great mercy right there. And so man chose evil and God let them make that choice without causing them to do it, without telling them they needed to do it, gave them a choice. And in that giving them free will, they chose evil. And I like what James says. He talks about temptation uh, and things like that. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. And so God is not the author of evil. And though we look at Satan in scripture and say he's the father of lies and and he's evil as well, uh, we can't even really look at him and point the finger and say, you're the author of evil. Have you ever heard that saying, the devil made me do it? Well, this scripture I just read in James chapter one really shows us that we can never say the devil made me do it. He allowed our temptations to be put in front of us. And that's what the devil does. He never takes your arms and says, all right, hey, sin with this arm. He says, you could do it. Just like the the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. He didn't say, you're eating this. You have no choice. He said, you could do it. Mm-hmm. You could do it. And so we can't even really say that he's the author of evil either, rather the enticer of evil. But I would say that the that mankind is, is really the author of evil and we've strayed and and gone away from the will of God. And let me tell you, anything that's outside of the will of God, anything that goes against the will of God, That is the definition of evil because God is good and anything that doesn't bring glory to him is not good. Thus it is evil. And that's a very simple way of looking at it. And and it's mind blowing when you think about it like that, but he didn't create evil. And the reason he allows evil 
is because this is our world. Mm-hmm. Now, if you choose to let him reign in your heart, you put your faith in him, you repent of your sin, he's going to take you away from your evil desires and your selfish ambitions, and you're going to walk in his righteousness. But if you don't let him reign in your heart, what happens? Think of the United States. 50 years ago, Christianity seemed to be at a peak in the United States. And and we had missionaries going out all over the world preaching the gospel. We had preachers and missionaries and evangelists that were right here in the United States preaching the gospel. Churches were filled Parents were going to church with their kids, not just kids being dropped off by their parents, as we see a lot today. The divorce rate was down. The crime rate was down. All of these different things that seem to be exploding right now that are bad, Mm -hmm. these weren't things that people worried as much about 50 years ago. People used to let their kids go out. And they they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have cameras, they didn't have any of those things. They just say, hey, when the street light hits on, go ahead and head back home. We'll have dinner on the table. And people used to sit down and eat dinner at the table as a family, too. But we see 50 years ago, there were more people in the United States that were submitting to the will of God and following him. And they were letting him reign in their hearts. And they were walking in his righteousness. And we saw prosperous times at that moment for the United States. But in the world around us where they were rejecting Christ rather than following Christ, we saw chaos and destruction. And we still see that to this day in a lot of those areas, especially if you look at the Middle East. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's been, you know, chaotic and destructive just, you know, all the way through biblical times to now, there's just been so much chaos and destruction there. And so God has given man a choice. If you reject me, you have to, you have to do this all on your own. I won't, I won't force myself upon you. As you like to say, God's a gentleman. He does not force himself upon anyone. He presents himself He knocks at the door, he waits for the answer, but he's not going to kick the door down and force you to have a relationship with him. So if you continue to reject him, he will allow you to live in your evil and your evil is going to destroy you and it's going to destroy those around you. And when you have nations that reject the will of God, of course there's going to be chaos and destruction in that nation. And we see that right now in the United States, right? 50 years ago, it seemed very peaceful here. And now we're to this day where, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I really don't want to send my daughter to public school. I don't know what's going to happen to her there. Hey, I don't think I'd let my daughter just walk up and down the street on her own. Uh, You know, I, I go around when I'm preaching a sermon, I'm looking outside of these glass doors, watching for anything, any type of threat that could be coming through our doors. Those are fears that I didn't even have 20 years ago. And so evil is, (coughs) evil uh, is, is allowed 
because this is man's world. So I think that and that's what I I'll, I'll add um, a couple things. So first of all, I, I think it helps to understand evil in this way. Um, evil is kind of like darkness. <clears throat> darkness doesn't exist. It's just an explanation of the absence of light. When there is light, there's not darkness. The darkness doesn't exist. But but when you take the light away, what happens is it gets dark, but the the darkness is simply the absence of the light. In the same way, evil doesn't exist in righteousness. But when you right. take that righteousness away, what's left in its place is evil. Um, and so what we need to, to think of is, is evil is, is simply the absence of righteousness or the, the absence of godliness, the absence of holiness, the absence of, uh, of God himself. Um, and so yeah. God cannot be evil because evil is the opposite of what God is. Um, light cannot be dark because darkness is is what happens when there is no light. Uh, so if there was no God, then there would be only evil. Um, and so what happens is, in order for evil to come in, um, man <coughs> has to take God out of the picture. And how does he do that? He makes himself his own God, um, as we've already talked about. And and then. The second thing I want to say, and this just goes with what you were saying, um, but the reason God puts up with evil, the the reason why um, he doesn't just wipe out all the evil in the world right now is because he would wipe every one of us off the face of the earth. There would be no human left if if he wiped out all evil. Because we're all evil. Uh, We all choose to go against God. Romans chapter 1 is a beautiful illustration of this. Even though they've seen the glory of God through his creation and they know God, they reject God. Um, And and instead of choosing to bring glory to God, they, they bring glory to created beings, created things, men, animals, uh, nature. How many right. how many times do we hear about Mother Nature or um, you know all of yeah all of these things and well, oh, okay yes nature is people that are being spooky now that are like <laughs> hey I'm a I'm a witch and I like to hug trees and you know but then I see them with their new notebooks and stuff and writing in their yeah. new notebooks and planners. I'm like, man, that's a lot of trees you just killed right there. <laughs> yeah. And but, you know, yeah. what's, what's crazy to me is that anymore there are Christians or people that claim to be Christians that say they're witches and, and warlocks. And um, yeah. the, the idea of these things are, evil right in in well, it's, the it's creating the, your own image of power right. and your own self as a god and that's what that's yeah. one of the greatest dangers of witchcraft it's not casting spells it's creating yourself as yep. 
a god to be worshipped. Yeah. Look at how powerful I am. And yet, where do they think they have to draw all the power from? They still have to draw it from God's creation. And so, <laughs> right there. Uh, you know, so you're really not that powerful if you think that the only way you can draw power is from something you couldn't create yourself. But think of how far man has gone in evilness. Well, you're talking about Romans. Look at Romans chapter 3, you know, starting in verse uh, 10 there where Paul writes, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Mm. Yeah. Because they have become their mm. own gods. And what culture do we live right now in, Rob? We live in a culture that insists upon following your desires. I yeah. I despise hearing that so much when someone mm-hmm. says, well, I just want to do the things that I desire. I want to do the things that, that make me happy and, and make me feel beautiful and alive and things like that. Because it's not bad to feel happy. It's not bad mm-hmm. to feel beautiful and alive. Mm-hmm. But what the trick is, the devil entices us and tricks us into thinking that our best life is outside of a relationship with God. But what I find in scripture to be true is that my desires are evil. And that evilness, that sin that is in my life, all it does is conceive and birth death. Yep. And I found that when I stop seeking my will and my desires, but I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that within the boundaries that he has set up for me, I find more freedom, more happiness, more joy than I ever did chasing my desires. And yeah. this, But this is just how destructive mankind is, that, that, that we're like... Just look at those scriptures that it ends in the culmination of there is no fear of God mm-hmm. before their eyes. You want to know what's wrong with the world is that God is knocking at the door and they're treating it like it's just another day and ignoring it. Yeah. Or you as know- the writer of Hebrews would say, they're, they're trampling on the son of God and counting the sacrifice that he has made as a common thing. Yeah. Woe to the people that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I, it's amazing to me to think that as wicked as, as we are, and, and I don't have to look at other people to know that. I just look at myself. Um, I, yeah. I was having a conversation the other, other day with, um, 
uh, a pastor friend of mine and, and we were talking about, um, about our, you know, our ministries and our lives and, you know, about different expectations there are for, um, uh, ministries and ministers and different things. And, and we talked about how, you know, um, if, if people really knew what their pastors thought sometimes or, um, said sometimes, you know, probably wouldn't be their pastor very much longer. Right. The, the thing is, is that we don't have to look outside of ourselves to see the wickedness of the world. It's inside of me. Now, now I, I thank God and, and, and I praise God for sanctification and maybe I'm not as bad now as I once was. Um, and I, I praise him for that, but I've got a long way to go. Um, and the amazing thing for me is that even while we were evil as, as could be, even before we heard the gospel, before God's spirit started to work in us, before we accepted his free gift of salvation, he loved us. Um, scripture says that, that we were his enemy. But while we were his enemy, that he died for us, um, that, yeah. that he humbled himself, took up the cross and, and died so that we could live the life that, that he deserves because he died the death that we do. Um, so that's just beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Well, where did evil come from? It came from the desires of man's heart. What is it? It's anything that goes against the will of God. Did God create it? No, he did not. And why does he allow it? Because this is a world that he created for us. He will allow us to either seek him and prosper in it or deny him and be destroyed within it. Now, the last question would be this. This is a question that's often asked concerning this when you when you find an answer to all of these questions. So there's evil. It's present. We see it. No one, not even the lost, can deny that there is evil in this world. Some people will say that no one's inherently evil, but that's that's a deception there because we are, as we see in scripture and as we see throughout the years and in the past century, the governments, governments alone have killed over 150 million people in just the past century. So tell me that it's not evil. But the last question would be this, Rob. Will there be a day that evil will cease to exist? Is there an answer to this problem of evil? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love... Uh, Revelation chapter 21, um, Mm -hmm. starting in verse verse one, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away um, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice uh, from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and he and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write down, uh, write this down for this word. uh, These words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. To those, uh, those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. Um, yeah. And so is there going to be a time without evil? Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> what yeah. I mean by not that. Not in this is, world. Yeah. Not in this world. Um, yeah. So verse but eight, <laughs> but eventually, but verse eight helps us to, to finish that, that, that answer. But the, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice uh, witchcraft, the idolaters, all the liars, they will be uh, consigned to the fiery like, uh, lake of burning sulfur. That is the second death. And so they will be completely consumed. Um, so will there be a time without evil? Yes, because evil will be completely consumed by the second death. It's called the bottomless pit, the lake of fire. Um, mm-hmm. It is outside the city gates, uh, according to, to scripture, which is the, 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 sim, the symbol there um, is that they can't get back in. There, there's a separation. Um, and unlike our wall, that might be a bad joke for this podcast, but <laughs> unlike our walls that, that people are just pouring through, the, the immigration policy in the new heaven and the new earth is, is locked tight. There will not be one they that cross over. They put Texas in charge of it, didn't they? <laughs> they, yeah. they put Texas yeah. in charge. And, yeah. uh, and there will be no evil. There will be no pain, no suffering. He wipes the tears from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow. So is there an end to evil? Absolutely. Um, yeah. In this lifetime, and uh, before Jesus comes back, no, uh, we have to no, deal with yeah. it until He comes back. But once He comes back, He's ushering in a new era, an era of mm-hmm. um, of peace and blessing, where He will rule and reign on the new earth as He always has in heaven. Yeah. And to add to that, the scripture that you read there in Revelation. There's two big points right there in the very beginning that help us understand this new heaven and new Mm -hmm. earth. Because when you see this new heaven and new earth, one of the first things you see is that there is no sea. And then we can think of that in a a physical understanding. Oh, there's not going to be an ocean there or something like that. But a lot of theologians agree with this understanding that the sea is representing of something else because often throughout scripture, our sin is referred to as a sea. The billowing waves are the problems and the trials and the tribulations that we go through and that the absence of the sea is talking more about the absence of sin. 
And okay. then another thing that we understand and notice here is the difference between this new heaven and earth and the Garden of Eden in the beginning is that in the Garden of Eden, there was a difference. God walked with them in the cool of the day. There was a certain okay. point at a certain time that he communed with man. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was just to give man a choice to create them as humans that had a free will that he yeah. couldn't be in their, in he could have his immediate being in their presence constantly that he had to give them like we do our kids sometimes room to breathe, to make choices, to make mistakes and to learn and to grow from that. But there's a difference when you look at this new heaven and this new earth, it says that Christ is there continually. And That's so right. the trials, the tribulations, the temptations, the sins are not present in this new heaven, in this new earth. And the presence of God continues with his people eternally from then on there. So there's no room for darkness when the light is always present. And so that's a very beautiful thing to look at. So is there an end to evil? Yes. In the new heaven, in the new earth. And you can have that promise to be a part of the kingdom of God as well. Even as you live here in this world where evil is present and reigning in a lot of different areas. By simply repenting of your sin, putting your faith in Jesus, and following him. He'll set you free from your evil desires. Not that you won't slip up. I have a lot of things that that are in my life that we're talking about. Man, if I talked about some of them, I don't know if anywhere would hire me as a pastor. But there's a difference now in that Mm -hmm. from when I was not a Christian to now. I was sold under my sin before I put my faith in Christ. I couldn't escape it. I couldn't even fight it. Mm-hmm. I I was a slave to my sin. But then I put my faith in Jesus and he set me free. And no longer am I a slave to my sin, but I'm a slave to his righteousness. And when I mess up, when I fall down, when I let my evil desires take hold, I have that conviction and that desire not to remain in evil but to get back to the righteousness of Christ. And so I would invite you, if you're watching this or listening to this, that if you haven't put your faith in Christ and you're asking yourself this question, why would a good and loving God allow evil? First and foremost, it's because he has given this world to you. It's up to you to decide what you allow to reign in your life. And you can allow evil to reign in your life and you will always be miserable. You'll always be broken. Or you can allow Christ to reign in your life and you can be a source of good amid all the evil of this world Mm -hmm. as you allow the light of Christ to shine Mm -hmm. out of you into this lost, dark, and dying world. So if you're not a Christian, and you're watching this, I invite you to put your faith in Christ. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment. We want to talk to you a little bit more. If you want to reach out to us on our Facebook page, send us a message. We want to talk to you about what it means to follow Jesus and get away from the evil 
of this world. But I hope that this podcast has been a good thing for you to hear today. I hope it was beneficial. I hope there was something that you learned as we talked about this. And we encourage you, if there are any questions that you want us to take a stab at and answer, we'll give it our best shot. And of course, we're human. Sometimes we are going to be wrong. Don't get me wrong on that. There are times we're going to have some wild thoughts. I can't wait till we get a podcast where we just talk about Satan himself. Uh, You'll get to hear all of my wild thoughts. But send us your questions. We want we want to help out in whatever way we can. But Brother Rob, are there any other words you want to say before we dismiss? I don't think so. Just uh, right. just the 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 reminder that one day we will get to experience all eternity uh, in the light mm-hmm. of God's grace and mercy, and and never again have to worry about evil. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Faith One Six Eight podcast. We encourage you to go out into this lost and dying world where evil is prevalent. And be a source of good as you follow Jesus for the next 168 hours. We'll see you next week. Brother Rob, we dismiss us in prayer. Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much for uh, your love, grace, and, and mercy that, um, that even, uh, even though um, each one of us that are, are, are listening and participating in this uh, podcast this evening are um, we're enemies of you, that, that our hearts were wicked and evil. Um, Father, that, that we were void uh, of, of your goodness, your grace, your love, your righteousness. Uh, but, but we thank you that because of your death, your burial, your resurrection, ascension, and uh, your reign from heaven, even now as we speak, um, that, that we can have new life in you. Um, and that that you take that evil from us. Um, one of our favorite scriptures is um, that, that you put our sin, um, you took uh, him who is without sin and, and made him sin so that we might become your righteousness. And so we just yes. thank you that um that, that now we stand as light in a dark world, that we are the righteousness of God, not because of our own selves or, or our own abilities or our own deeds, but because you are living inside of us. Help us to go out and, and to live um, in this dark and evil world as a light that shines in the darkness, not to expose in a way that's condemning, but to expose in a way that shows your grace and your mercy. Um, so that we might live for you 168 hours of every week. Father, we love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, Message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page and we will see you in 168 hours.